Welcome into a very special edition of the Sports Objective. Very big night for us. So we'll be talking Pirate Sports in the second half hour. Lots to talk about that. That we're having a game, uh, maybe a game. Who knows? It's going to be raining. We talked about that on Saturday with some controversy this week. We'll be talking about that. East with controversy. I mean, that never happens. But anyway, Bubba Rosenbaum, how are you, dude? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm fantastic. Excited to have uh, two special gentlemen on. Andrew D., who is a pirate and a caniac like me. So, uh, Andrew D., how are you? Good tonight, Dave. Thanks for having me on the show. No doubt. And ladies and gentlemen, a dear friend of the podcast and a guy that's been with us for a good while now, the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, Mike Maniscalco. Mike, man, how are you? I'm uh, doing very well, Dave. Thanks for having me. Always, uh, always glad to be a part of the show. I should have introduced you as the uh, the voice of the first place Carolina Hurricanes. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, it's got to feel good, my friend. You've been around the the team for a long time, and it's got to feel good to be sitting pretty right now. We're we have control of our destiny, right, going into yeah. the final stretch of the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's what what every team wants right now. But you know, uh, the funny thing, Dave, with 11 games left, and uh, you guys know this, it's you want to be secure for the playoffs in and that's where you want to get to and for the first time in a long time we don't have to worry about are the canes going to make the playoffs they're going to make the playoffs now the question is are they going to be peaking by the time the playoffs get here so you know how much do you go hammer down and and how valuable is hanging on to first place uh in order to get to that point now i would think this year more than any uh first place has far more value than it does in any other season in the NHL to, you know, be in that one versus four matchup versus your division, have as many points as you can, because it'll be a reseed once you get out of the first and second round when you get to the final four. And yeah, we're using college terms. It's a final four. It's not a, a conference playoff anymore. So it's, it's pretty good. And it's, it's good to watch this team and be around this team, you know, every single night when they're in town and, and then watch them when they're on the road, the way that they've been able to play. Well, let me ask you this, since we know that uh, I won't be jinxing us that we are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, what about uh, as far as playoff uh, tickets go and sell for now that we can have fans? Can you talk about that? Because the guy in the right next to me in the box there, Bubba Rosenbaum, I've, I've got to get him to a game and the playoff atmosphere. And we have Andrew D there who like he, he uh, I'll tell you what, he wakes up, canes, goes to bed, canes. He listens to, uh, he watches you every single game, Mike. So, yeah. Um, but what about the season, not season tickets, but I, I should say the playoff tickets? Well, first off, Andrew, thank you. I greatly appreciate that. I'm good to know that it's uh, all of the huge caniacs that Trip knows. My mom and dad and you are watching me. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, and for Bubba, Bubba, we got to get you to a game, my man, especially playoff hockey. I mean, it's yeah. no it's no Doughty Ficklin when an ACC school comes in. Well, I mean, what is? But, but, but I'll tell it might be it might be multiplied one or two depending on who the opponent is, but uh, playoff hockey there's nothing like it. Uh, what I can tell you, Dave, and I know that uh, news was announced today by Governor Roy Cooper about you know June first and, and how things will go. Still a lot of you know I, they don't they don't give me the uh, the heads up on the plans that that's going to happen okay. as far as seating goes, but uh, you still have to work with the NHL and they have their protocols that they want to make sure that everybody is still safe because. You know, Colorado just had a COVID outbreak. Vancouver is it's gotten over one where twenty people in their organization were impacted wow. by it. So you, you still have to still have to work with with some protocols within reason. And you know, I, I know we're in April and June seems so far away, but it's it's really not. I, I my fingers are crossed and none of this is official. I've gotten nothing from the organization or the NHL, but my fingers are crossed. I don't see how it can be 100% capacity, but it will at least be more than what uh, the team has right now. So that'll be a good thing. And, you know, Bubba, I can make a call. You know, we could always use another production assistant in in the booth if you want to come up and watch a game with us. Although watching it in the booth is not the same as watching it with the crowd, just so you know. I'm sure he would uh, take that. Would you take the <laughs> offer, Bubba? I mean, you're, you're a fool if you don't take that. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and Mike, you're talking about the playoff hockey. Uh, I've had several friends um, that had the opportunity to play off in the past, and, and they said it's unbelievable. You don't understand unless you experience it in person. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the old slogan is, is you'll know when you go. I'd like to say you don't know un, until you go, and especially for the playoffs, it's a whole nother level. And uh, don't make the mistake I did, Mike, back in 99, the first game I went to in Raleigh. I, I wasn't thinking, and I wore a short sleeve shirt. It's uh, it, you definitely need to make sure you have long sleeves, and uh, uh, <laughs> that was a. I had a polo, I had a Canes polo on, and I froze the whole game. So, <laughs> well, you know, make sure that uh, there's at least coffee or hot chocolate available for you if you're going to be like Dave in in flex on everybody with the the golf shirt on. Uh, you know, just to have a little beverage to warm you up here or there. No doubt, and uh, I'll tell you one thing. That game one of the Stanley Cup was one of my that's that's gotta be in my definitely when everybody talks about their Mount Rushmore of sporting events. The the third period of that game, there I was excited and scared at 300 level. Oh my God, was it was literally like bouncing. Oh yeah. Um, and that's one of the memories. Uh, you were talking about Dowdy Ficklin, and I've had some great memories there at East Carolina and some other great places around the nation, but um PNC Arena when they're when the Canes are good, like they are this year. There's I, I just I hate that uh, we're really good and uh, as far as the fans are concerned, but um, totally understandable why we're doing it. And uh, hopefully we can get through the rest of the season. And if we win the hey, if we win the cup and I have to watch it at home, I'm all for it. If that's what it takes for, to win the cup, man. Uh, I mean. As the the guy who's calling the games on TV, Dave, I'll be all for you watching us uh, win those games. Although when it gets to that point, uh, it, it totally shifts over to the national side of things. But I'm I'm with you, uh, and and this is a special team right now. I think that we've seen it, and even when they they have the the stubbing of the toe, like they did against Detroit, um, it, it's kind of fine. Sorry, Andrew, hate to to bring that memory up for you, um, but it, it's one of these things where. Um, the way his team is, and Rod Brindamore said this a few weeks ago, that this team doesn't overreact to any of the situations that they're in. You know, they're down 2 nothing in the third. All right, well, we'll score two goals and we'll tie the game. We'll find a way to win it. Or we're up 2 nothing. All right, well, we'll, we'll you know, we're going to, you know, snuff out the other team's offense and we'll win it. They just really don't get uh, any kind of upset about what's going on. And I think that that's always a hallmark of a good team is they never panic about the situation that they're in. Hey, Dave, Absolutely. I want to describe a sequence from last night and then have Mike comment. Um, so, Dave, last night there was a sequence where the Hurricanes had just scored a goal. It was uh, maybe 15 seconds afterwards, and Captain Jordan Stahl was parking the crease in front of the, the goal mouth, legally. Yep. And uh, one of the Lightning, a guy named Gordy, I, they, they bumped together. He kind of fell. He gets back up. He stands there, drives his stick in the Stahl's back four times, and Stahl just has a stoic look. He's not, he doesn't turn around. He just looks forward, looks forward. Hamilton blasts a shot from the point. He puts a stick out. He tips it down for a goal. Skates forward two steps. Looks back for a second. Says nothing. That calmness, that demeanor—that that's the whole team in a nutshell. Mike, Mike, describe that play last night from your point of view. Uh, I think you kind of you, you hit all of the fine points on it, Andrew. But uh, basically, what Yanni Gord did was he was trying to move Eric Stahl out in front of the net. Uh, Eric Jordan Stahl out from in front of the net. Yes, thank you. I just do the play-by-play for the team. Uh, and Jordan uh, had a stick out. Gord runs into the stick. He thinks that he, that Jordan interfered with him. That's not the case. So Gord gets upset. But that sums up what Jordan Stahl is all about in a nutshell. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, he had a job to do. Just, just tip the goal in. Because he has, he has the job to do there, Andrew. And he's mm-hmm. not going to let a player like Yanni Gord take him off of his game. And and at the same time, if you watch, Jordan Stahl is tracking the play. He knows where the puck is. He knows that it's going to go to the point and that Dougie Hamilton is going to put a shot on net. He's got to be ready for the deflection. And if you watch it again, and, and this is going to sound like I'm disrespecting Yanni Gord, and I do not mean to because he is a fantastic – he's a fantastic hockey player. But if you watch that, what Gord was trying to do to – to Jordan Stahl, that's when a JV player is trying to move a varsity player. And the varsity player is like, you have no idea what you're doing. And he gets the stick out. He gets It's a world-class deflection for his 14th goal of the season. And, and I think you're right, Andrew. That sums up what the Canes are all about. You know, we're they're a, they're a team that's all business when they need to be business. And they're not going to let somebody uh, take them out of that element. And I, I love that play. I love everything about it. And – 
I love the celebration afterwards, which, you know, Jordan is not a, you know, stick it in your face kind of guy, but he scored the goal. He knew who was behind him when he turned around and put the arms over his head and looked right at Yanni Gord. You know, that's a little, that's a little WWE attitude era, era right there that he threw on him. You know, because Jordan Stahl said so. I know he's a quiet guy, but I can't imagine Vasilevsky had nice words for his teammate after basically getting in his way for 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, I'll let Tampa Bay handle that one, but I do know that goalies <laughs> goalies are never happy uh, when the guys in front of them uh, are screening them or don't move the guys out of the way. So uh, he might have said it in Russian to Yanni Gord, so that way Yanni didn't get the full brunt of what uh, Andre had to say. Now, Mike, uh, the comments and, uh, here at my house and around the, the uh, my little texting group last night were, man, the fourth line, the minutes being logged, starting the game, was that a message from Coach Brindamore, or he just responding to the physical nature that Tampa brought on Monday? Uh, it was obviously pronounced. I didn't look at the, the log minutes to see if they played longer or not, but obviously they, they put a point, a big goal on the board. They they played heavy all night. I think Lorenz had a career high four shots. So uh, was, that, was that a strategy Brindamore employed last night, or is that something just just um, going going forward we'll see more like in the playoffs? Well, I think it's something that Rod Brindamore said that he was going to do from the moment he took over the team, which is if you're playing well, he's going to play you. And that fourth line was going last night. There was no reason not to give them minutes. There was no reason to take away a shift from them for somebody else because of the way that Stephen Lorenz, Morgan Geeky, and Cedric Paquette were going. I mean, they were absolutely fantastic with what they were able to do. So uh, that's one of the big things for me. That's one of the keys for me is – when a coach says he's going to do something, that he lives up to his word. And that's why this team plays so hard for Rod Brindamore, because if you earn your ice time, he's going to give it to you. And there was no reason not to keep playing that fourth line. You know, Cedric Paquette was as physical as we've seen him this year against his former team. His former team. And you know, that Stephen Lorenz goal is that, – that's a 10-year veteran, not a rookie beating a, a former Vezna Trophy winner. And that's a set play that he and Morgan Geeky do work on. I've seen him work on it in practice coming out of the corner and, and stepping in on the goalie. So it, I don't think it was anything to do with Monday night, honestly, uh, Drew. I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think it had everything to do with that line was going and Rod Brindamore was going to let him play. And, Mike, uh, we have uh, one of our dear friends, Pirate Al. He's also a Kaniac, a Pirate fan and a Kaniac. And he <laughs> says, go Kings, can we add the Hanson brothers for the playoffs? Uh, I don't think the penalty killers would appreciate it if the Hanson brothers get at it, Al. Uh, but, you know, in the in the playoffs, you need a physical chippy element. Uh, so if it comes down to uh, can we can we sign them at a good rate that doesn't put the Canes over the cap? And remember, for the playoffs, there is no salary cap, so that works. But uh, the, the Hansons might be a little bit, just a little bit too old right now. And, you know, the Iron League plays a different style of hockey, just so we're sad. <laughs> But uh, the way that the way that Lorenz Paquette and Geeky played last night, eh, a little bit of a throwback, a little bit of an homage to the guys for the Charleston Chiefs. Hey, uh, Mike, Mike uh, you know a little bit of a delay lag there, Mike. I was going to ask you as far as the trade. Uh, we had the trade deadline has passed. Uh, get your thoughts. Uh, we we obviously haven't had you on uh, pre-trade, but post-trade now, how you feeling about? We talked about how good the Canes look, and how do you think the Canes did as far as the trades trade deadline is concerned? You know, it's funny because when you, you lead up to the trade deadline, there were the two games against Detroit, uh, the one game on Saturday, and then the game after the trade deadline on Monday, which was Jordan Stahl's 1,000th game. And after those games, everybody could have said, well, why didn't the Canes do more than just add Yanni Hockenpah from uh, the Anaheim Ducks? Oh, I, oh, believe me, I, I was hearing it, Drew. Um, but part of the reason was uh, the Canes know that Tavo Teravainen at some point is going to come back this year from uh, the concussion injury that uh, he's been dealing with, the concussion problem he's been dealing with. Uh, they're also going to get back Brock McGinn. And what they were looking at is need versus reaction. And the need was they needed another right shot defenseman who brought a little bit of snarl, a little bit of the, the Hansen game to it if uh, – we're going to be perfectly honest. And, you know, Yanni Hockenpah is third in the league in hits. Uh, so that's what the Canes wanted, what they were looking for on the back end for a right shot defenseman who you didn't have to break the bank to get. Yes, you're trading away a former first-round draft pick in Hayden Fleury. Um, but the, the Canes 5-6 defensive pairing or that third pairing 
when you have Jake Bean, Jake Gardner, and Hayden Fleury, it's three of kind of the same guy with how they play. So you needed something different for the mix. So I thought the Canes did really well because they had a need. They addressed it. Uh, while there is a cost of a, of a player who I think can go have a really good career in the NHL, and I wish nothing but the best for Hayden Fleury in his time in Anaheim, Yanni Hockenpah brings, yeah, brings something to the team that they didn't have. You know, it's when you can go out and do that and it doesn't add a ton of salary to your team and it can make your team a little bit better. I mean, the results are, are pretty simple. Uh, with Hockenpah in the lineup, uh, the Canes are, are 3-0-1. So uh, I think it's it's worked out well for the team. Yeah, there were were there other trades. Just because a trade doesn't get made doesn't mean that Don Waddell and the front office weren't in on something. It just means that either the other team didn't agree to the price that the Canes wanted to pay or the Canes didn't want to pay the price that another team wanted. But I think that it's worked out well for this team because you look at the mix, you look at what they've done. I don't think there was any reason to truly try to go out and rock the boat for this team the way that they've been playing. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, uh, Mike, is when you have a team that's as poised as this team is to make a deep run in the playoffs, it, it would seem kind of strange to be tr- a whole bunch of trades. Uh, it looks like the team is uh, like a well-oiled machine. And going back to Rod Brendamore, I mean, my gosh, uh, if you're not a tough-nosed, mental-tough kind of guy, you're not going to make it on a Brendamore uh, team. I mean, you're only as good as the top, is my opinion. And when you have a coach like, Brenda Moore, uh, that you better be mentally ready, t- mental toughness, the mm-hmm. physical toughness, the whole nine yards, and you better bring your A game and you better have a heart of, I mean, uh, you better bring everything you have and leave everything you have on the ice, right? Yeah, I mean, that's and that's what this team does. And I think that it's been clear in the three years of, of Rod Brenda Moore coaching the Carolina Hurricanes. This team, and guys, you know this, Teams take on the identity of their head coach, and I don't care what sport we're talking about. Uh, it can be T-ball <laughs> to college yeah. football to the NHL, and, and um, Rod Brindamore demands a ton from his team, and this team gives it because he doesn't ask them to do anything that he wouldn't do himself, that he didn't do as a player. And the other thing, guys, is he relates to them as people. It's not – he doesn't look at Dave Richmond. How does Dave Richmond help me win hockey games? He looks at Dave Richmond, the person. How can, if I make Dave Richmond a better person, or well, how can I get the most out of Dave Richmond? And then that makes us a better team. And, I mean, I I wish I could tell you there's a magic trick to it or, or here's what happens, but there are some people in this world that you just know make other people better, that they just have charisma and they're just, you know, you say, how does one person possess all that talent? Uh, Rod Brindamore is one of those people for me. If you're around him, his talent is he brings out the best in everybody around him. I mean, I'm just a play-by-play voice for the team. And every game, I want to call the best game ever because I know he's the coach of this team. And I want him to be like everything in this organization that he's a part of is, is really good. And there's no pressure. He doesn't put it on you. He doesn't sit there and say, you need to do this tonight. Uh, but that's just the, the person he is that everybody wants to get to that level for him. And you see it with how this team plays. It's amazing to have three years and three playoff runs. I mean, yep. uh, I, I know the first one was more of a surprise than the la- last year and this year, but the coach has been here three years and three playoff runs. So, I mean, you can't, you, you can't dispute how great of a coach he is when the proof is in the pudding, as the cliche says. Oh, yeah. I mean, just all you have to do is look at the back of the program. Second most points in the league since New Year's Eve 2018. Yeah. I mean, that's no fluke. Yeah, no fluke. And, you know, the funny thing is they were in uh, third last, third from the bottom in the NHL on that date uh, going into New Year's Eve. And now they're one of the best teams. You know, it's, it's them in Tampa as far as points that are concerned. And, you know, this year, points percentage for the Canes. You know, they're, they're amongst the tops in the league. And I, I really can't wait to see – because I, I do think there's a little bit of a difference when you're the hunter versus the hunted. And the Canes, you know, two years ago were the hunter. Wanted to show the Caps, hey, we're on the block now. You have to, to watch for us. Uh, last year, they wanted to prove that the year before wasn't a fluke that they got to the conference finals. You know, now this year, everybody knows they're for real. So let's see what happens when they get into the postseason and 
you know, maybe the target is is on the Canes jerseys instead of uh, the opponent's jerseys this year heading into the postseason. Because remember last year, the qualifying round, I'll call it that because that's what the NHL wants me to. Uh, you know, the Canes, the Canes on paper were a better team than the New York Rangers, but everybody said the Rangers were the team to beat in that series. And I, I know there's some bias here, but I'm like, is are people watching the same game or did they watch the same game that we were before we got to this point in time? And I think, you know, again, that that put the Canes in that that hunter position. This year it's going to be a little bit different. I, I want to see how they react because that's part of the process to becoming a champion. No question. What do you uh, – what are the – when you talk about checking the boxes, what do you uh, – beforehand, what uh, – as far as checking the boxes for the Hurricanes, uh, what do they need to do to win the Stanley Cup? You're the expert, and so I yield my time to you to tell us how do they get to the – how do they make that path to – I know it's a lot of luck and I know all that stuff yeah. and things have to fall our way with the Canes, but how did, how did they get there to raise the Stanley cup over their head? Uh, three things. You, you've got to stay healthy, uh, relatively healthy because it, it becomes a war of attrition in the playoffs. You have to have good goaltending. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the best goaltending in the, the lead, but uh, I, at the same point in time, think that you, you've got to have good enough goaltending that gets you through a series. And then on the other side of this, um, you, you got to get timely goals. You don't have to score on the power play every time you get a, a man advantage. But if you're in a game and it's a, a one, one game, you know, you've got to get that second goal. If you're up one, nothing after one period of play, you got to get the second goal and put the pressure on the other team. Justin Williams said it best. Uh, the playoffs are about leaning on your opposition and letting them know how tough it is to win a game. And that's what you do. You lean on the opposition and, I'll let them know how tough it is, but it's health, it's goaltending, and timely goals. I know uh, Andrew, with with all you've watched this year, or the hockey team, you and I both have talked about how this team, the the, the we talk, I use that word a lot, but toughness comes to mind many, many times, right? The mental yeah. toughness of this team is is amazing. It's mental toughness, it's resolve. Uh, another high example, Monday night. A guy has a tremendous year, Vincent Trocek, who has surpassed my expectations for him as a player, as our number two center. He, he as Tripp said, he had a little bit of an off game Monday night, uh, had a turnover, had another play he could get back. Well, last night on that first goal, a, he, he made a world-class backhand pass on the rush and just found a, found a wide-open uh, near rider in the sweet spot, in the garden spot, right in front of a goalie who's as big as a sofa in, in net, and he just – you put right in the right in the back corner of the net, like for for an easy tapping. And Trocek's face, he just said it all. And so a guy like him, the mental toughness, I mean, the up and down the roster. I think more than the Stanley Cup years, this team is a little more focused. Guys understand oh, yeah. their role, uh, and and they're and they're they're all they all have that synergy going right now. So that, yeah, that, that's another thing you have to have in the playoffs. You can have the components, but the components don't always gel uh, in a locker room in a playoff sense to go what could be two months, you know, in that environment. So We'll see. With, with, with this compressed schedule, Mike, I know it's a lot on you having to call back to that night and then do a podcast, but um, it, it, it's, a, it's a marathon and a sprint at the same time, or a series of sprints in this marathon. So I think this team has it. We, we played the style of game. Um, it doesn't always bode well deep in the playoffs to get some bigger teams, but we showed last night, we showed against Dallas recently, we could play that heavy, that heavy bad game too, and every move we've made this year has been towards that effect, uh, you know, bringing in guys like Paquette, bringing in Hockenbach. This team's playoff ready, and while some of the Canadian media didn't like our lack of moves at the deadline, maybe kind of poked some fun at us for it. Like Mike said, sometimes it's about you know what you need to add, not not just what looks good on paper. So Bart, so you know, um, so we'll, we'll see. But I'm expecting. And one last point, Dave. Um, <clears throat> how important is first seed in the, in the setup, Dave? If you're the first seed versus the two or three, well, then you only see Tampa and Florida once because they'll eliminate each other. The team is in fourth place right now. Dallas, we we're six and zero against. So getting that number one spot would be a tremendous, oh, yeah. you know, cherry on top this year. And, and Mike knows it. Yeah, and the other part of that is the the reseed when you get out of the divisional playoffs. Uh, also, Drew, if if I could, I just want to address the Canadian media talking about things. When was the last time a team from Canada won the Stanley Cup? Okay, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, like, I'll just take everything they say with a high school. <laughs> 
I mean, I we're, look, we're a bunch of jerks, Mike. I mean, we're a bunch of jerks. I mean, look, I, I, I grew up and I know that this is uh, taboo to say it at times. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So I grew up with the Canadian media talking about how they know everything about hockey and uh, us in the States isn't it cute that we play it. Um, but <laughs> growing up with it, you get this kind of arrogance towards them. And you're like, you realize that hockey's played in the United States and it's played in Europe and it's played in Asia now, and it's pretty much played all over the world. It's not just your domain. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of Germans who are really good at playing the game right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anytime that, that Canada overreacts to something that a non-traditional ho uh, hockey market does, I just kind of, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. Uh, and I've got a lot of friends who are in the uh, journalism side who are great journalists in Canada. So I'm not besmirching all of them. I just, in those cases, Drew will tell you, consider the source. But no, this team, this team is gelled. This team can play the physical game. I, I think that it's a reputation that was earned a, a few years ago that you could push the Hurricanes around. You can't do that anymore with this team. And they're suited for the playoffs, and they're suited for the way that the NHL is played now. So let's just get to that next level, and we'll see where it goes. But I, I will agree. I think I, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. This year more than ever, finishing first, getting as many points as you can, not just to avoid playing a team like Tampa or Florida or avoid playing both of them. Although I don't think – I think Dallas is going to get the fourth spot in the, the Central Division, and they are not going to be an easy out because I think we're forgetting they went to the Stanley Cup final last year. But uh, I think overall – yeah. Um, but overall, um, you want to get as many points as, as you can right now to make sure that you give yourself the less contentious path to get to the Stanley Cup final. No doubt. And the one thing that drives me crazy is the very fact that you were talking about non-traditional uh, markets. I know there are people that want to see Toronto and there's different ones. Uh, the original six, you know, they want to see them there. But I think that the one beautiful thing about the Hurricanes is I think they were built on purpose. Um, and there's a lot of great talent. They're still young, Mike. We were talking about this two years ago on the show. And th these guys, uh, the core group of guys are still very young. And not to skip past this season, but in other words, my point is there's a lot of times when it's a non-traditional market. Oh, they've probably been, you know, put together with uh, band-aids and everything and old guys and they're mm -hmm. only going to be there for one year. But this team was built uh, from the ground up for a young team um, a couple years ago that now are blossoming and they could be around a long run. I mean, I know that's hard to say. Uh, it's maybe speculation, but it looks like where we are right now, it's really paid off. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're young, but they're experienced now. I mean, you look at the blue line with Slavin and Pesci, they're only 26, year old, 26 years old. You know, Brady Shea is 27 years old. Uh, Jake Bean is, is a youngster. <laughs> I think we take for granted that Sebastian Ajo uh, is, you know, closer to 21 than he is to 30, you know, for what he's yeah. done. So, yeah, this is a, a young team. Uh, and, and they're not going any, anywhere for a while. A lot of their contracts, especially on the blue line, those players are locked up for a long time. So uh, this is, for me, if you want to tell me the teams that had a schedule, uh, I, I won't disagree with you. I think for Rod Brindamore and the guys in that locker room, this is the schedule. This is where they should be. So, uh, and, and they're not going to go anywhere for a really long time. It's very Mike, exciting. Can you, uh, can you divulge anything about the, uh, the Brady Shea injury? No, no, no. There was nothing today. There was no media availability. Uh, Rod Brindamore didn't talk to the media today. We'll find out tomorrow morning. Well, it's going to be exciting, Mike. I know that with uh, with everything going on, you've been generous uh, with us because I know with, uh, like Andrew said, uh, it's almost like I know that those of us that are competitors, you have like, you want to like, in one respect, you would love to call a game every night, but I know that it's uh, – for those of us that have done play-by-play uh, -play analyst, uh, whatever role you're going to play, it's not easy as a broadcaster to do it every single night. And we commend you for you're doing a great job considering I know you can't go on the road and all the stuff you've had, to, the obstacles you've had to do from a broadcaster. I wanted to commend you on, live on the show because I don't think people realize, number one, how hard hockey is. And number two, you've been, you haven't been able to go on the road. Uh, guys, I appreciate it, but you know what? I don't have to stand in front of the net and take a cross check from Victor Hedman or Roman Yossi or anything like that. I, I just have to make, I just have to make sure that the microphone is near my mouth and I have some water and I have something to say, uh, which is, isn't always the best thing to say, but still have something to say. So I appreciate the words guys, but I'm just enjoying the ride. And 
I can't wait Mike, for you. Mike, you're doing a tremendous job. Uh, it's unanimous among the fans. It's a great well, job. Sure. Uh, it's a lot of fun every night. And yeah, no doubt right. about it. We're looking, it should be. we're looking forward to a nice deep run, and uh, hopefully the Pirates can be going to Omaha. We have Omaha, and we have the Stanley Cup around the same time, so that will be uh, fantastic. But we'll, uh, we'll there's a lot of baseball and a lot of hockey to get there. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, enjoy, like you said, enjoy the ride for sure. How can f- people find your work? Uh, and tell them about the podcast too. I love your show. Oh, sure. Thanks. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter. It's at Mike Maniscalco, uh, the name that's in the, the lower half right there. I know it sounds weird to spell, but it's exactly how you say it. So man is Calco. And it's Kane's cast. You can find it on the Carolina Hurricanes page under the uh, fan section. If you go to carolinahurricanes.com or, or, of course, you can go and download it on uh, Google Play or on Apple Podcasts. And uh, you can rate us five stars, best friends for life like Dave. Uh, Drew and I think Bubba will be after all of this. I appreciate that. And if you can get me, if we can work it out, because one of my bucket lists is to go to Omaha for the College World Series. I didn't get to go to Old Rosenblatt, so I want to go there. And if you can set it up where ECU is there, and we can all get a good stake, and then watch somebody from the state of North Carolina win the College World Series, sign me up because I'll go with you guys. I'll, I'll ask around to help you out on that one for sure. <laughs> we'll, awesome. we'll work it out. All right. Thank you. Appreciate Have a great it. night. You All too, right. guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Enjoyed it. All right. No doubt. Appreciate you so much. All right. Mike Maniscalco, the the voice of the number one, the first place Carolina Hurricanes. And we appreciate him spending time with us. And I know that he's very busy. So we wanted to uh, get him uh, off here. And then obviously the same thing with uh, Drew. I know he's uh, his wife is wanting to, uh, Bubba to do chores. You know all about that. So uh, I think this is actually Wednesday night is his tour night. So uh, we wanted Drew to uh, have some time, obviously, with son and, and wife there. Uh, big week for the Pirates. Uh, I know, Bubba, lots of stuff have been going on. Uh, certainly, we had the controversy with the Houston series last week being canceled uh, because of COVID-19. We have the now the scrimmage game uh, that we have, the scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be big, right? And Dave, um, you know, technicalities here. It's a scrimmage, not a game. In in, in my yeah. mind, you know, with the, with the spring game, um, I understand where folks are going with it. It doesn't have the fanfare uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the cook-off with the pig and uh, right. the pig, all those sorts of things that are taking place. And uh, the format of the game itself, um, it remains to be seen what that will be, you know, whether – whether you uh, have what's more like a game or, you know, if you're just putting the ball on the 25-yard line and taking it from there, um, more more of a situational type deal. Um, you're never going to see special teams live in the spring game anyway. Uh, sometimes, you know, you'll you have the kicker yeah. go ahead and kick the ball and then uh, no, no kicking game is going to be live. Look, this is, uh, you know, whatever people want to call it, I mean – how is it that every other team in the nation, okay, this week, this past weekend, there was a ton of, what do they call it, spring games. And so for me, I understand what they're trying to do. But, Bubba, I told you this is the spring game. I call it the spring game unplugged. I used to love in the 90s MTV unplugged. It was cool. It was stripped down. And that's exactly what we have here. And this is a chance, as I said, Sunday night for us to market our team. Uh, we, we want to sell a whole bunch of season tickets. Uh, we'll talk about it in just a second. June 1st, we got a big announcement from the governor today. I'm very excited about. Um, but on Saturday, the Purple Gold Spring Game, the scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, is open to the public. And that'll be at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. on Saturday. We're looking forward to it. And I know that's going to be a, the great thing about it, Bubba, is that, you know, Mike Houston's going to have recruits there. We'd love to see as many people as we can. And the reality is there's not going to be 50,000 people. That would be a great problem to have. Um, but the most we've had, right, Bub, I think you said twice uh, we've had 10,000 is the most we've ever had at a spring game. Yeah, that's correct. I, I, I know um, th- there may have been times where it looked as though it was more. I think the, the largest I've ever seen announced is 10,000. Uh, I, I know Jeff okay. Charles uh, a couple times here recently uh, when talking about the spring game down through the years, um, he said, folks, mm-hmm. 
chairman of the board or various bands coming in, uh, right. all those things uh, sur- surrounding the game. Um, you you had crowds where the, where where the majority of the the south stands, on um, which is the press box side, right. was full. Yeah, it's uh, we will uh, hopefully by next year be post COVID and. I really, you know what, whatever I have to do with the same thing with Bubba, Kyle, everybody on the show, we want to see a huge spring game next year in 22. um, And we have a year uh, to get it done. And uh, we're going to be post COVID by that point. Let's have a huge night. And uh, we could, I'm not going to get into on my tangent on that, but let's just say that we have by next year, um, put everybody on the clock for, you know, when Black Friday is and you know when the spring game is. And you know we're going to be post-COVID, so let's uh, let's work on having the best spring game we've ever had, and that's what we're East Carolina. You know, there's no reason why we, by that point, we can't have tailgating and and a whole bunch of stuff that we could have next year that will be really cool. But anyway, um, I digress. Let's talk about Bubba. I know that uh, very excited to get a press release today. We have a new diving coach, right? Yeah. We do. Give me just one moment. To- and I'll have that for you. Okay. All right. So uh, very exciting to have Coach Matt Jabs back. Yeah. Coach Jabs, we'll try to get him on the show here pretty soon. Uh, we thank a lot of Coach Jabs and appreciate uh, him sticking around and believing in this program. And to have uh, women's uh, swimming and diving back is a huge get for us uh, to get them back. And um, Bubba, having the new diving coach is just a, another, I guess it's kind of like the cherry on the top for us. Yeah, no doubt. And um, head coach Matt Jabs that you just referenced on Coach Jabs announced today that Ryan McIntyre has been named the new pirate diving coach and he comes to ECU from FAU following a four year stint with the Owls. Uh, Coach Jabs said we had a long list of very talented applicants. However, Ryan stood out as the perfect fit for our program. I believe our divers are going to connect with him right away and recruits will be attracted to his personality, knowledge, attention to detail and work ethic. I'm really excited to have him with us as we move forward with our program. Very excited. And that's just, uh, I'm just so happy, tickled uh, for the program that we have the women's and hopefully we can get the men's back. And I know that I'm not going to hold my breath, but um, anything after COVID, anything is possible, but we're tickled to death to have Coach Jabs and now Coach McIntyre welcome him to Pirate Nation as a new diving coach. Very excited about that. And I know that we'll have, uh, continued success with that program. It's one of the best programs we have uh, in our athletic department, and uh, just tickled to death. And then Bubba, how about I'm very excited about uh, the news women's golf uh, from our good friend Malcolm Gray at the SID, um, but very excited for the golf team. Yeah, um, the ECU women's golf team was in competition at the American Athletic Conference Championships uh, last week um, down at Pinehurst Number 6, um, Par 72 course. And uh, the team as a whole uh, finished third, unfortunately, and they had a bad final round, um, at least relatively speaking, um, because they were, I believe, tied for first going into the third and final round. And uh, like I mentioned, finished third. I want to say Tulsa won it. Uh, So the ladies uh, as a team will now await their fate next Wednesday, April 28th, 530 uh, the pairing show for the NCAA Women's Golf Tournament, and I'm guessing maybe the men as well, I'm not sure, will be on the Golf Channel. So if, if, you, if you're a golf fan uh, or you're just interested in uh, finding out where the women's golf team may potentially be headed if they make the tournament, um, tune in next Wednesday, April 28th at 5.30 on the Golf Channel. And then um, Dor- Dorothea Forbridge, um, she was the only individual under par in the event, uh, she won the individual AAC title. So congratulations to her. No doubt about it. And uh, very excited as we have our good friend, Kyle Barber. Let's we'll see if we can, we'll, um, we'll bring him in. Uh, we'll have Kyle there. Uh, Kyle, welcome into the show, my friend, as we're doing our round table and uh, perfect super, timing for you. Super, super late. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> I've been driving uh, all day. Sorry, we actually have uh, it's perfect timing as we do the roundtable. Kyle is a big announcement for by the state of North Carolina with Governor Roy Cooper, Dr. Mandy Cohen about the June 1st announcement with uh, regarding no restrictions, guys. 
Yeah, glad to hear it. Um, I uh, think it's time. Um, it sounds like, well, sounds like we're still going to have to wear masks, but at least it's, it sounds like uh, if everything goes as planned, we'll have no capacity limits and no social distancing standards. So as long as you're wearing a mask, it sounds like you can have full capacity and don't have to be six feet apart. So uh, that's, a, that's a good start. Uh, what it means is uh, for, we, we can sell tickets. All venues can sell tickets and go back to doing things as normal. What I have to worry about policing anything, you know, I guess you'll just be responsible for wearing your mask, but um, you well, can go back. You can go back to, to pre COVID kind of stuff. If no social distancing and uh, no, uh, no, no capacity limits. It's great news. And uh, if you're ECU uh, and in any other school, um, you really, uh, you really need to start pumping your season tickets now because uh, yep. you you should be a hundred percent capacity by the way things look, unless something happens by the fall. So, uh, you know, you, you will probably see a nice surge in season ticket purchases between June and September. And uh, now's the time to, uh, if it would have been me, if I was the university, I would have released a statement today uh, promoting season tickets alongside that statement from Governor Cooper. Uh, and by the way, the priority deadline, I believe, is May third, right, guys? My memory serves me right. Though. I don't know. Is that still in place? I would have. I would yeah. extend that. I would extend that this year. I mean, and, I have no problems with that, but but it's May third as of right now that my memory serves me right. I know the priority deadline for the App State game in Charlotte, which is not part of the season ticket package, um, but that game, the the uh, Pirate Club priority deadline is April twenty fifth. If I'm not mistaken, I'm correct. Above your break, or maybe so maybe it's the 25th. I it's said come, the 25th, it's coming up uh, I, the next. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the 26th because the 20 the 26th uh, I believe is a Monday. So, but it, it's coming up soon within the next week on the priority deadline. Um, but obviously, you can order App State tickets. Well, after that, uh, you you would just not get them uh, with your Pirate Club priority taken into account. And the good thing about about that now is if it's going to be 100% capacity, there's going to be lots of tickets to be sold for that Appalachian State game. So uh, that's a yeah. big stadium, even with two fan bases. So, 73,000. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't have any trouble getting a ticket for that um, if we're going to be 100% capacity. But uh, I guess if you want it with your priority points in mind and be able to sit amongst your, your pirate brethren, go on and get your <laughs> order in for your App State tickets. How no much doubt. Tickets? Hey, I, I heard tickets are kind of high for that. As of They're right not now? cheap. Yeah, and you don't get any Duke's yeah, mayonnaise. They so. <laughs> yeah, they're not um, cheap. They're really high. Now, do you, yeah, you right, think right now, sorry, Kyle, we had some – I had a delay, I guess, on my end. But uh, 50 to $90 or actually uh, there's a club-level ticket that's like 120 or 125 so, so, So anywhere from like 50 to $125 depending on where you sit. Now, were they selling that as if it was 100% capacity? Uh, I'm not sure. Because I, I wonder as big as that stadium is, if not, if there'll be a cheaper ticket I, available now. I will say this. and When I was noticing where the $50 ticket was, that is a low end zone seat um, because I was expecting that to probably be upper deck end zone. Yeah. But but um, according to the the seating chart that was emailed out by the Pirate Club in the ticket office here in the last several days, uh, I want to say in that first week of April, so a couple weeks ago now, uh, it was um, showing lower level only, in addition to the club level, like I mentioned. Yeah, because I'm curious if they were if they were selling it as of now at 50 percent capacity, because if they were, uh, now they can sell it at 100 percent capacity, and that's going to open up a lot more seats, and maybe they can have a uh, a cheaper $25. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's going to be, look, that's a lot of tickets to sell even at $50 a piece. Um, yeah. Uh, let alone the higher end tickets. So you right. know, maybe, maybe a $30 ticket at least. And you look in recent years, so you had North Carolina and Mac Burns return and they took down South Carolina. And obviously South Carolina is just a couple hours down the road in Columbia. I mean, in um, you know high expectations um, for the, for the Gamecocks, you know, and the way that fan base travels and the way they show up at Williams Bryce, uh, 
they only had somewhere between 50 and 55,000 and that's, that was announced. I really think it was probably less as far as butts in the seats. And it's just because they're asking too much for these tickets. I don't, I don't understand why they don't lower the price some and sell more tickets. Yeah, exactly. And it's on a Thursday night. I mean, I realistically, I, I bet you there's, I, I, if there's 50,000 people in there for that game, um, oh, Thursday that, night, I'll be shocked. Unbelievable crowd. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be shocked. I think well, I think you're going to be looking at about forty thousand. Yeah, I, I don't see that. We were talking about this before. Yeah, so you think before the our first game with the no, game we're talking pod, we're talking App State. We're talking App. You still App State? Okay. Well, I know we were also going to talk the uh, for the first home game against the the Gamecocks. Uh, you guys, uh, I know Kyle, you were saying you think forty one thousand for the first game, the first home game against South Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forty-one thousand, yeah. Um, I think if you, I think if you, if you can beat App State, um, then you you may have a surge. I think that would really excite the students. Because I'm yep. going to tell you right now, the students are not going to. There, there are some pirate fans that are delusional right now that somehow think we're just going to go stomp uh, App State. But I can tell you right now, if you're a student here, uh, you're probably looking at App State like they're going to stomp us because since since you've been keeping up with athletics, we've been terrible, and App State's been really good. So I would imagine if we beat App State Week One, uh, the student the, the students will probably get really excited, and uh, you'll probably see a nice crowd for South Carolina. Um, so yeah. I, I'm going to go forty-one thousand, but hopefully more. Um, Bubba, you're hoping you, you you indicated you thought that'd be a little disappointing. If I could be disappointed. I certainly understood your logic, and you know. yeah, Bubba, you're, 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 we can't understand a word. You, Bubba, log out and come back. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good right now. I can't understand anything you're saying. Um, but no, I, I think what Bubba was trying to say is uh, he'd be disappointed with a 41,000 uh, in attendance for South Carolina because when you when you think about that, South Carolina is going to probably bring between five and 8,000 fans. So yeah. that would mean about 35,000 35, or less would be Pirates. Um I just think with the way we've been losing, with COVID taken into account and people getting out of the habit of going to games, you may still have a handful of people that are still scared. Uh, I don't see us selling out. I think 51,000 is going to be asking for a lot. I think if we get 41,000 people in there, I honestly won't be disappointed at all. Um, uh, I think uh, I think Bubba's hoping somewhere more in the neighborhood of 47,000, 48,000. Um, Dave, I don't, I don't know what you're expecting. Well, uh, my my heart or my head, <laughs> my heart wants uh, closer to a sellout. But you know, when you start doing the numbers, and again, it depends. I I guess that what it comes down for me is it's not going to be if we wait until July, August to kind of wait and see like how things are going to be. As far as I'm saying, from the marketing standpoint, we need to go ahead and market now, 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 now. Push it really hard, as if this is a week or two before season starting i know it may sound crazy but the uh, sooner right. we start but the sooner we start promoting it the better off we'll be for august and september um i think people need to know that there, there's a I, I don't think there's a bit of confidence as far as the program is concerning more i think it's confidence because of covid and people are scared and i think that um uh, that you, you still have people that 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 haven't jumped back on the bandwagon because of all the losing. I, I think uh, yeah. what I told what I told uh, you guys earlier. Um, I want to be if we win one of those first two games and play well in both. Um, yep. Let's 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 say let's say we play well against that, then beat South Carolina, or vice versa. Uh, well, God, God, God knows if we can beat them both. I um, mean, that's asking a lot. But uh, then I think you'd probably. If we beat South Carolina, I wouldn't be surprised if we had that same forty-one thousand again for Charleston Southern. Uh, I think, I think winning's going to get the the fan base back interested, and um, yep. I think I think there's going to be some that are going to wait and see. Once they see us do it, that's when they'll come back. 
it's it's human nature. I mean, I think the friendlies like that are on this podcast, there are going to be people that are going to be there at every single game, um, win or lose. But then there's people that, you know, they're bandwagon fans, but we need the bandwagon fans. We need those folks that are, they're pirate fans, but you know, there's, there are people that, you know, they don't want to watch a team lose as much as they love their pirates. And, but I think that just judging by coach Houston, I really believe, I know you talked about it, Kyle. I really believe the more I listen to him and the interviews and the post game uh, and the post practice ones that we've had recently, as far as the spring football is concerned, he knows a coach knows and a coach, this coach knows that we're turning the corner and that, that if we didn't have COVID last year, guys, we would be talking about a bigger season for this year. But I still believe I will stick to it. I still believe that we're a bowl team this year. I really do. And, um, you know, we have a long time before even uh, Pirate football gets here at uh, the end of August and September. But as far as where I am right now, until I see anything different, listen to Coach talk. He's very happy with the depth. He's very happy with the talent. Uh, he's very happy now. I think that I'll say this and we'll move on, but I just really believe with the coaching staff we have right now, there's just a there's a vibe right now. And, and the word, uh, the swagger is back for Pirate Football. I really believe that you're starting to finally see that after these fans right now, Kyle, I'll say this and Bubba, the fans are starving for a winner at this, this school. They're starving six straight losing seasons. We're starving for a winner. And I think we finally have it this year in 21. No, I think uh, I think Coach Houston knows he's got his best team since he's been here. And uh, I think we'll be uh, – I do I think we're going to be a 10-win football team or, or even an 8-win football team? Probably not. But I really believe we'll be competitive in every game and we'll be bowling at the end of the year. Bubba, did, did, you, get, did you get your technical problems fixed? I think so. I, I'm connected to oh, my yeah. Wi-Fi now. Can you hear me okay? Yes. You're you perfect. Like perfect. All right. Well, guys, when we were having the conversation earlier, as far as um, what we think the attendance may be, uh, given that it looks like it will be full capacity uh, against uh, South Carolina, and I know um, y'all, I mean, y'all were thinking what you know, forty-one, forty-two, somewhere in there, like you've already discussed. Well, Holt Naylor's tweeted right after that is pretty funny. Uh, literally uh, within minutes of that conversation, Holt Naylor's tweeted a picture from the 2014 North Carolina game. He said, so what you're saying is this or, or something to that effect. And uh, there were a couple people that kind of had some of the same thoughts that you did, Kyle, as far as the gradual climb back to, to full capacity, um, kind of like we had in the early 2000s and, you know, coming off the 2003 and 2004 season. And really we hadn't won uh, in, in three years going back to the final year of the Logan era when we went four and eight. And, and then uh, I think that Duke game, uh, and granted, um, things weren't the oh, same Bob. way the way they are now, you know, 16 years later or whatever. But um, that game was on TV against Duke, and we had, I think, 35,000 and some um, when, when Dowdy Ficklin was just seeding 43,000. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. I would not be surprised at all if you're right. You probably, you probably will be right, unfortunately. But um, – but at the same time, I say, hey, Pirate fans, if you're on the fence, there's a lot more to be excited about than not. Um, the program's trending in the right direction. Before, we had no reason for hope. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we, were, we, were, <laughs> we were in decline, and there was no way out, it didn't seem. But now, um, you saw a, a pretty dominant performance against SMU in the season finale. Finale, excuse me. And then, uh, and then uh, what? should have been a win out at Tulsa that was taken from us. So it's clear the program's trending in the right direction. Just get back on board now and go ahead and get your season tickets and get out to Daddy Yeah, and, and what I want to see between now and then, and, you know, I don't know what they're working on behind the scenes. Maybe they have some great marketing campaign that's fixing to hit. But we need really good marketing. We, we need something to stir the fan base uh, between now and uh, in, in August. And uh, we, we need to uh, – to, 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 uh, get this fan base engaged. The prices are good. That's one thing. You know, even with the Gamecocks coming in, season ticket prices did not go up from last year. Right. Uh, you can go get the, your economy playing tickets. God, what are they, like $100? So, I mean, they're yep. ridiculously cheap. I mean, if you, you buy just one individual ticket for South Carolina, you're going to 
you will you will pay for your season tickets. Just for, you will pay for your South Carolina game by getting your season tickets in that economy plan. You really will uh, if you just try to buy an individual ticket for it. So um, go get your season tickets. You know it's a good home schedule. You got the Gamecocks. Uh, you got uh, you got Cincinnati, uh, top ten team coming in here. Um, got what's the rest of the home schedule, Bubba Dave? Yeah, like, like you were saying, Dave is coming, I mean, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I pulled a I pulled Coach something out of Coach Coach O's book there. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> probably asking uh, way too many questions. Probably six sixty to sixty five dollars is probably the cost of that South Carolina ticket. Or like like yeah. I think you referenced. So, I mean ninety nine bucks. I mean you might as well uh, go ahead and and get the economy plan season ticket. Yeah, no doubt. What what's the rest of our home schedule? We got you. We got Cincinnati. We got South Carolina. Tulane. Tulane is October the second. Then we have Temple, uh, South Florida. We have USF on the 28th of October, then the, which is pretty much Halloween. November the 6th, the following week, we'll have a um, uh, Temple, uh, like you said. Uh, we have the final game will be the Cincinnati game. That's Thanksgiving weekend. They haven't decided it'll be on a Friday or a Saturday. So um, it'll be either Friday or Saturday, depending on yeah, what they so decide. You got, a, you got a solid home schedule. You, you, got, you, got, you got an SEC team. You got a top 10 team. Uh, you, you, you got, uh, you got our, you know, a team that I think we've developed a little bit of a, a little bit of competitive rivalry with, with Temple, uh, you got South Florida coming in here. Uh, and then you got, uh, and then you got Charleston Southern. Um, so it's, it's a nice home schedule in Tulane. So, um, we, uh, get your tickets, man, get your season tickets. I mean, uh, this might be, look, look guys, this is a serious thing. This might be the last time for a long time you see an SEC school without a cooking stadium. They don't play very many road games in our conference anymore. If they do, it's against other Power Fives. Uh, it, it, this, this, this will probably be on paper. It definitely will be in the next ten years, and it may be for the next twenty years before you see another SEC school in Dowdy Cook. Absolutely, so, Kyle, and, th- and that's part of where point. I was coming from. With that's part of where I was coming from. My logic, as far as why we better see, you know, between forty-five and fifty, as opposed to lower 40s or, or less than that, you know, where we have 10 or ten or 15,000 empty seats. Show up, Pirate Nation. I just think you well, got to take COVID into account, and I think you got to take college college football attendance has just been dropping. I agree. Um, I, I, I agree. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you, Kyle. I'm just hoping that we'll, for the fact of, like, uh, we've been talking about with uh, the Gamecocks coming in, I mean, they have a t- tremendous fan base as far as traveling is concerned. And I think there's a lot of people that – wanted to be at the games last year sure. and i think and i think that they uh i think the people are more confident about coming to games uh this year than obviously they couldn't go to the game there are people that wanted to go to the games last year that couldn't come so i think by september um things will be much better in, than we have as far as COVID is concerned um my my concern would be um as far as season tickets are concerned um lacking um, I'm curious to see, guys, um, at Under, some point. Have you guys heard an update? Where, where are we at on season tickets? Um, we were pretty much – a lot of people had pushed back their tickets like you got. I know you did, Kyle. I can't remember, Bubba, if you had – I donated my um, I donated my money to, um, right. in other words, yeah. for the Pirate Club. But, you know, that, that I think we were around 5,000. So, you know, have we, have, yeah. we, have we grown since then? Have, have, are we hitting 10,000 yet? Because we need to be. I haven't heard that. That I haven't heard. I, I can find out, but I have not heard it recent. Um, it would be nice to have the ten thousand mark, but I haven't heard uh, so far. But that's yeah, where we, we need to be. In the, and t- this time of year, we would definitely need to be at that that threshold. Yeah. I would think ten, thirteen thousand that range. But um, and, and we like hope said, to have fifteen thousand. If, if you're on, if you're on the fence, and and you know, like I said again, that economy ticket. You're, you're you're better off buying that economy ticket than you are just buying an individual ticket for South Carolina. If you're on the fence about it, don't want to spend the money. Yeah, and and, and uh, look, I mean, ninety nine dollars. By the way, guys, uh, we'll be announcing here pretty soon. We won't do it tonight, but we have a season ticket promotion. We're giving away a pair of tickets. I mean, ninety nine dollars for a season. T- I mean, ninety nine dollars is ridiculous. Um, That's great. That's a, a great deal. And uh, I have a, a friend of mine, my barber, actually. He uh, he's a you sick got a barber. He's a, yeah, I do. Kyle Barber. No, um, he actually 
Doesn't his name is Kenny. He day. actually, what? No, go ahead. He actually was at you know on the fence about buying season tickets. I was like, you never know. Before this announcement today, this was a month ago. I said, you better go ahead and get your season tickets because if they say, if they said to us, which we know now, well, we don't have to worry about it. But they said, hey, the only people getting our season ticket holders, then you better get your season tickets. Now we, it's a moot point. You don't have to worry about that. But I yeah. do believe. Um, see when you have like a, a situation where single game tickets are going to go on sale again, I'm sure now that we have that lifted. So you better go ahead and get your tickets now because if you don't, <laughs> what it'll, it'll it'll be sometime in June or July. <laughs> what? Then we put things. I, I'm just being funny. It's about single game tickets going on sale. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying they will at some point, and you, the last thing you'd want to do is have like. 20,000 uh, Gamecocks, something crazy uh, for them to come up here and have a whole bunch of, of, uh, oh, yeah, them no, there. that, that ain't gonna happen. If they, if I don't think it'll happen, but no, and look, first things first, we gotta play App State, and you know, and I know yeah. obviously South Carolina's our first home game, but let's not get lost in this. I, I don't want any App State fans thinking we're overlooking them. Uh, no, that, no, no, the one thing that concerns me is all this talk of the South Carolina game, just, just in general, man, we got App State first, <laughs> so. We, and no, we I'm need, not. We, and if you can go to Charlotte on that Thursday night, be in Charlotte, man. Be in Charlotte because that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Your first time in a real football atmosphere, sitting there in the Panther Stadium since 2019, sitting there in the Carolina Panther Stadium, uh, bowl-like atmosphere, 50-50 crowd right. against App State. Um, we know Bubble will be there. That's 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 a close. That's to home a home game, him. yeah. If it was a Saturday, I'd definitely be there. I'm iffy on a Thursday. Um, come on, come on, Kyle. I'll take you. It's, it's not me. It's 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 gonna be Jessica's situation with work. But it's it's uh. Jessica, get it done. On. Say again, Bubba. I just said Jessica, get it done, make it happen. Yeah, come on, Miss Barber. Uh, we uh, we'll we'll hopefully be there. But I they'll, be, they'll be there. Count count them in. They'll be there. Uh, the Barbers will be there. Like the Rosenbaums, they'll they'll be there. I have I have confidence. It may be a last minute decision, but at the end of the day, I find it really hard to believe that you'll miss. Dave, Dave said he's going to sub for you. <laughs> if I could do it, I would definitely do it. <laughs> but I want to be at that game. I'm, I'm I'm being selfish now, guys. Do you have anything before we go? Do you have any more stuff there, Bubba? I know that uh, we're deeper no, I mean, into the show. On, on Sunday. Uh... We'll obviously have extra innings as we take a look back at the UCF series. And yeah. uh, this, at, this yep. afternoon, I had the opportunity to catch up with Greg Lovelady, who is fifth-year head coach of the UCF Knights. So check that out on our YouTube channel. Uh, about a 25-minute conversation with him. Uh, he talked about his team's roller coaster season, which included a series win at number one Ole Miss, as they were at the time. Ole Miss is still ranked in the top five in most polls and definitely top ten. Uh, so this uh, Knights team is very capable, but they've just struggled to play with any type of consistency. They did take three out of four from uh, struggling USF last weekend in that rivalry. Streaky. They're streaky. Uh, and yeah. Because they're streaky, and they seem to get up. They got up for Ole Miss, and they got up for the rivalry game with South Florida. So guess what? We're a top-ten team, so we're gonna they're going to be up for us too. So uh, no doubt. we need to be ready to go. Hey. Spring football game, or I'm sorry, scrimmage, uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, open to the public. Uh, all Pirates, as, as Coach Houston said, if you're part of our clan, you're welcome. If you're not, then you're not welcome. So, uh, All Pirates, come on out. Uh, unfortunately, guys, we the spring game gets open to the public, and we get a 100% chance of rain. Yeah, that's, uh, that's our, our luck. But we are Pirates, and on the Pirate ship, and – and we've weathered a lot of storms. This is a small storm compared to the storms of the last seven years, uh, going on eight years. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, hey, and I want to say one more thing that I'm going to get out of here. Okay. Yep. Kind of why I came late. I, I had COVID. I had COVID. Yeah, I did have COVID. I had COVID vaccine, my second shot yesterday. Uh, it, it put me on my butt today. I've been achy all day, sleepy, haven't felt good. Uh, but if you're curious about getting the COVID vaccine and you're scared of it, let me go ahead and say, if you do get side effects and, and they're typical side effects like mine, it, it's, it's, it's not in the world. It just feels like you got the flu. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, if you, if you've dealt with having the flu, 
and you know, and this is without coughing and all that. This is just aches and pains and feeling tired. So, uh, it's very unpleasant and, and you ache, but you can deal with it. So, uh, if, if, if that's keeping you from getting your vaccine, don't let it go ahead and get it. Um, but if you, know, I'm not telling anybody what to do. If you don't want to get your vaccine, don't get it. That's your choice. But if you, if you're worried about the side effects, uh, at least the immediate side effects, it's, 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 it's not fun, but it's, it's certainly bearable. No doubt you about might not it. have any side effects at all. Some people don't. Yeah. And who knows? Uh, but definitely go ahead and get it. And by the way, those of you that don't want to wear a mask anymore, uh, like a lot of us, um, then if we have two thirds of North Carolinians at least having their first shot, then we get to take the mask off by June 1st. So go ahead and get signed up, go ahead and get those shots. Uh, we want as many people as we can uh, to go ahead and do that. And certainly uh, it'll be deeper into June, maybe July, before uh, we get to that point if we're on the pace we are right now. So go ahead and uh, speed up the process and let's get to have some kind of normalcy where we can have a bunch of ball games. And by the way, guys, uh, like I told you guys, we're going to have a crowd, a huge crowd for the regionals and hopefully the super regionals uh, coming up early that first weekend of June. What is that, Bubba? The third, fourth, and fifth, sixth, if necessary. Fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So be uh, that we can't get. Uh, we're talking to Kyle earlier. Obviously, can't put the season ticket. Uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the regional Where tickets on sale now. But uh, we'll go ahead and be prepared um, to take time off because we're going to need a huge crowd. And I just have a special feeling about this team. And love to have uh, that jungle rocking and having Clark LeClaire rocking. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be cool uh, if we are hosting a regional? Um, and who knows if the NCAA is going to put any kind of sanctions on it? But uh, potentially, guys, that could be our first our first time in any sport at full capacity since COVID. Could yeah. be for the regionals. That'll be that'll be awesome. That'll be a great feeling. We'll have to we'll see how uh, a lot of things have to happen, obviously, between now and then, but I feel uh, confident about that. Bubba, do you have anything before we go? No, I'm good. All right, guys. Well, we'll actually see you in the next time. It'll be on Extra Innings, so on, that'll be on Sunday night. Until the meantime, appreciate you, Bubba. Thank you to Mike Maniscalco, the voice of the first-place Carolina Hurricanes, and our good friend Andrew D. for coming on as well, a great Kaniac and Pirate. And Bubba, appreciate you, man, for everything that you do for the show. Until next time, good night, everybody. Go Pirates. Surround